so faithful and so good to us. Lord, I, I, I am always humbled uh, by your love. I'm always humbled by your grace. And this morning, I, I, I pray that we would see that and we would know that, Lord. And more importantly, we would respond to it, that it would be welcoming to our hearts, welcoming to our souls this, this morning. So I just pray that you would prepare us, God, to continue to just to sit in your presence Continue to just to just to hear you speak. Help me uh, share your word this morning, God. That it would be something that would bring glory and represent you in an, in an amazing way. So we love you and and just uh, are excited for what you're doing and and what you're going to continue to do in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. So we started this new series last week called Why and. Last week, we, uh, we went around the, the question of, you know, why does, uh, why, does, good, uh, why, does why do bad things happen to good people? And then we kind of changed that question around and said, why do good things happen to bad people? And I think we walked away understanding that there's a little bit of suffering through this life that we're going to have to go through in order to really get to the places that God wants us to be. And that's just a part of it. And this morning, we're going to ask and, and walk through another question. And I think it's, um, I think it's something that we uh, all wrestle with in this next question and we all deal with. And, and the question is, why do I always feel like, and you can fill in the blank, there's something always that you're battling with or that you're feeling or, or that you're thinking. And, and, and I think it's something that um, it's just real for, for all of us. It's, it's, it's something that we struggle with. And we're, we, we sometimes keep coming to the same place. We keep having the same battles. We keep feeling this way. There's Christians in this world, there's Christians currently who have been feeling certain ways for, for a good portion of them being Christians. And a lot of times I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm, always, um, I'm always taken back by some of these situations and, and, I, and I just kind of begin to ask these questions. Why do we feel this way? And why is this always happening? And, and I think there's... Uh, something that we'll begin to see that begins to uh, make a better understanding. And, and before I start, I want to make this comment because I think it's really what we have to wrestle with more than anything, and it's feelings always change, truth doesn't. And too often, you and I, guys, we live in our feelings. And we're not called to live in our feelings, we're called to live in truth. Especially as someone that comes to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, there's a truth that's been spoken over us. There's a truth that's been given to us now that that's what we live in and not the feelings that we currently have and that we go up and down with because that's what feelings do. Feelings give us high times and they give us low times, even though everything around us could be fantastic and great or something super bad, we still run off of our feelings. And I think this next statement is pretty true that 
We just live in those lies that's been spoken over us instead of the truth that's been promised to us. And for some of us, those lies have been spoken over us by the people that they should have never been spoken to us by. And you've come to live in them. You've come to actually own them. You've, you've, you have now come to uh, make that your identity. And this morning, I really want to make a, uh, I really want to make an argument this morning for this book. This morning, this morning, I want to make sure that you and I become people who love the Word, who love the Bible. And sometimes, you know, I've had people ask me kind of, Eric, what are you about? Kind of, what are you, you know, I, I, I used to go to this church and this pastor used to be about this and I could tell they were about that and, and this and this and that. And if there's something that I want to be known by and if there's something that I want to, to, to be true of what I speak about and what, and what makes me who I am, it's this book right here. This is what I believe in. This is what I live my life by. This is where I go to get the answers to the questions that I don't have. This is where my answers come from. Because this book here, in all truth and all honesty, has the answers to every single question that we will ever have about life. Anything. You want to know about you want to know how to be a better dad. It's in this book here. Better husband in this book right here. A better employee in this book right here. A business person again in the book. There is nothing, guys, there is nothing that this book doesn't have answers to. Nothing. And yet so often it's what we don't revert to. It's what we don't look at. It's what we don't go to. Our go-to most of the time, guys, is uh, let, me, let me find out what someone else thinks. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible talks about seeking counsel. The, the Bible talks about going and, 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 and maybe seeking others. But most of the time, you and I go to the wrong people for the wrong things. Right? We go to people who don't know anything about this book and we want questions answered about life. And then they give you advice that just isn't clear. They give you advice that just isn't true. They give you the advice that the world is living by. And we would be so much further down the road if we understood that this was the resource that God gave us to answer the questions that we always ask each other. And that we always wonder about. They come directly out of this book. I just recently was talking to somebody and they were, uh, they were having a, a situation with one of their kids. And their kids came up and asked a certain question and said that he had been reading this. And he really didn't understand it and didn't think it made any sense or it wasn't for today. And then his dad full of wisdom, opened this book and just happened to show his son what he had read that day in his time with the Lord. And wouldn't you know, 
that everything he read answered all of the questions that his son had. That everything he read that morning was a direct answer to what his son was questioning. Coincidence, right? You know, I got, yeah, coincidence. I'm glad I don't serve a God of coincidence, but I serve a God of truth. And I serve a God of wisdom, and I serve a God of knowledge, and more importantly, a God who loves me. He loves me. And that's why you can open this book, and that's why you can look in this book. And I think sometimes why it's hard to, to read this book, guys, is because you want it to always make sense. You want it to always make sense. You want to open this book and read it and read something and go, oh, yeah, I get that. But instead, we, we read, especially when you start reading in the Old Testament, and, and let's just kind of talk about a book like the book of Numbers. He begot, they begot, they this, they this, born to him, born to them, born here, born there, and all of a sudden you're 500 born into's and you're going, what the heck did I just read? You know what you just read? Were the beginning statements of what the rest of the books are going to begin to speak to you. What you began to read is going to make sense as you continue to read. The problem is you and I get to that point, go, it doesn't make sense. We close the book and go, it's not for me. Guys, getting in this book takes time. Getting in this book takes a little bit of patience. It takes a little bit of waiting. Because eventually, as the more you read it and the more you understand it, the more he's going to speak to you and the more you're going to understand what he's saying. So the real question is this, are we willing to receive what it says? That's the real question that, that comes out of this, guys, because sometimes we're going to read this book, right? And we're looking for answers. And maybe some of the answers that people are giving you, if you're, if you're seeking godly wisdom and godly counsel, you're going you're gonna to be around people that are going to have read this book and they're going to give you answers that they've gotten that come from this book. And when they give you those answers, a lot of times, here's what ends up happening. It's a choice, do I want to receive and believe what this person is telling me or not? And sometimes when you and I are reading this book and we read certain things and they're the direct answers to the questions that you have, and then you have to choose, do I want to receive what it's saying to me? Do I want to receive what it says? Or am I going to look at this and go, no, that can't be right because this isn't what I wanted to do. It's telling me something different. It's telling me something that, that sounds like I have to do more and I have to do other things. And, and I, no, that can't be right because it didn't give me what I wanted. Well, good thing God isn't into giving us what we want. Be thankful that we don't get what we want most of the time, guys. Be thankful because if we did, man, we'd be in a lot of trouble. We'd get ourselves in so much trouble with that. It, we don't even understand that, yet we do understand it for other things and other ways. And you've heard me say this before. Imagine you giving everything to your kid that they wanted. No one in here went, yeah, I love doing that. I'm going to do that, even if they don't deserve Yeah, spoiled brats. 
Give it to them all. That's right. No. You all know what happens when you do that. As a parent, you find out real fast that when you begin to do things like that for your kids, it doesn't turn out the way you want it to turn out. They don't turn out the way you want them to turn out. But yet, why is it we have such a hard time coming to that concept with God? Why is it so hard that that we struggle with, why isn't God giving me everything that I want? Because maybe, just maybe, he loves you so much and cares for you so much that he's protecting you from the things that you want. I don't know. Just a thought. Just maybe. So what I want to do this morning is kind of put some stuff to the test. And, and I just have a couple of points this, this morning to talk about some of the things that I know a lot of us deal with. And I want to see and maybe find out if there's some answers in this book about some of these things that you and I struggle with and that we have questions about and why we feel certain ways. That just maybe this book has a couple of answers for us that will allow us to understand that God's got a plan and that he's for us and that he's not against us. But he's trying to work something out. He's trying to do something in each and every one of us that's specific for each and every one of us. So the first one I want to ask is, why do I always feel anxious? Any anxious people in here? Maybe, yes. Anybody who runs on anxiety? Right? Um, 8.7% of our current population is currently on anxiety medication. That might seem low, but in a, in, a, in a world where there's millions and millions of people, that 8% actually is a lot of people. So it's a problem, right? It's something that we're dealing with. And I, and, and I do not want to get away from guys, and I do not want to uh, belittle any of the sides of this that come from imbalances that we have. Because I do believe that. And, and I do believe that there are moments and places where, where there are uh, places for medication to, to come in and to play. But I think that's only the beginning moments for God to begin to work. I think that's the, the beginning avenues that, that he would begin to use to get us to places where he would ultimately come in and heal us. But why do I always feel anxious? Why do I always feel this way? Why do I always come up this way? And, and I want to I wanna read something to you. And, and maybe some of you have read this and maybe you, some of you haven't. And it'll be the first time that you recognize that God talks about anxiety in the Bible. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We often feel anxious because we try to handle our lives with human power instead of God's power. You and I, guys, are really good at taking on the world on our own strength. Because we don't want help. And especially if we're in those moments where 
where, where, where God isn't helping us the way we want him to be helping us. We even straw and we get further away. But there's something about this scripture here. There's something about it that, that really speaks to this sense of anxiety. But in everything by prayer and supplication, everything. Is it crazy to think? Is it crazy to to possibly believe that in your moments of anxiety, you can run to the Father? That you can run to him and say, God, I don't know what's going on, but I know that I'm trying to do something on my own strength, and I need your power right now. I need your authority right now. I need you to take over right now. Not me anymore. You and I get anxious, guys, because we feel like we have to do it. You feel like you're the one that's going to take this on. And maybe you've done it before and it didn't work and it scared you and now you're in the same situation all over again and that anxiety comes back. But just what if in these moments that we would lean to what the scripture says and that I would reach out to the Father and say, God, help me. Because then he says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart. Understand that, guys. Understand that, that when you and I, when we begin to reach out to the Father, there's a sense of peace that's going to be poured out of you. And there are many of you this morning sitting in these chairs that are walking around with no peace, with no joy that has left you because you have decided to take it on yourself instead of allowing the God of the universe to come in and actually help you and actually take this on with you. And I don't know about you guys, but I know that I'm, I, I just came to a place in my life where I was tired of doing it on my own, where I was tr- tired of doing it in my power and not using God's power. And I became a different person. I became someone else. I became the person that God wants me to be when I understood that I could call out to him, that I could pray, that I could give this all up and I could live in his peace, that I could live in his joy. And that's what I choose now. That's where I want to be and that's what's available to you. So if you're a person that's feeling anxious and you're feeling and you're dealing with anxiety, maybe it's just moments in life now. Maybe it's just time that you begin to pause and say, Father, Father, come help me. Come help me with this. Then we have another one here that says, why do I always feel lost? And I'm not talking about you You typed in the wrong coordinates on the GPS here, okay? Although some of you are probably really good at that. Where's EJ? EJ's not here, so I can say this about him. I have never met somebody in my entire life who can't get to the same place twice. Am I lying, guys? Who knows EJ, right? Been, been around that. I remember for like the first year of EJ living here, he had to use the GPS to get to my house. He would come over at least once a week, sometimes twice. And then, and then he would say stuff like, like, like this, hey, I found a new way to get to your house. <laughs> really? Enlighten me. 
I'd like to hear about this. He said, yeah, I made a turn. I said, that's the way you should have been going the first time. You found the right way, not another way. But I'm not talking about that, guys. I'm not talking about that kind of lost. What I'm talking about here is people as we're thinking through and kind of processing. What do I do? Where's my life? What's my purpose? What, what, what does God have for me? Right? I, I feel like I'm doing so many things and I'm a part of so many things, but yet I don't feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I just feel lost. And there's some who have just accepted that. You've just said, okay, I guess that's the way it is. I guess that this is the way I should feel all the time. And guys, I don't believe that. I don't think that's true. I think this book tells me something completely different about that. That I have a purpose. That I have a destiny. That I have something for me here. But more importantly, I have something awaiting me there. There's something that God has. He has a plan in each and every one of us, guys. He has something that he wants to do. Psalms 119 says, Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not, comp- they do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Psalms 119 has so many things in it. You could read that entire psalm and probably answer about 15 questions that you have about life. It's just so good. And I think there's something here, guys, that as we begin to see and why we feel lost, because we feel lost because we are typically walking in places where we were never told to go. You might be somewhere, standing somewhere, a part of something right now, and you were never told to go there, except it's something you wanted to do. It's somewhere you wanted to go. This didn't tell you to get there. God's intimate love didn't tell you to get there or go there. But you decided that that's where you best needed to go. And you're there feeling lost because you were never supposed to be there. And it's the moments like that, guys, where we come back and we get back into the truth here and we find our way back by what he says we are, by what he says he has for us. We feel lost because we forget who we are. When you and I start traveling down ways, guys, and down into places that we're not supposed to be, the first thing you forget is who your identity is. The first thing we begin to do that, that, that just loses its place in our lives is the identity that we have 
as a child of God. Because you've gotten yourself somewhere and you don't know how to get out and the last person you want to turn to is the father to come get you. And we got to stop thinking that way. we got to stop reacting that way. The first person you and I should call, the first person we should run to when we get lost is the father. That's where we run. That's where we go. That's who you reach out to in those moments when you feel lost. There's a wonderful story in this book about a young man who went and got himself lost. You guys ever hear the story of the prodigal son? Somewhere in your life, I bet you've probably heard it. Maybe somebody called it something else, but it's a story in here about a a boy who wanted to go his own way and his father, out of loving him and, and trusting him, said, all right. And he went and he got lost. And he got so lost that the last person he thought he could come back to was his father. That's the last person he thought he could come back to. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of says, you know what? I'm going to go back because I think my dad will take me back. And he goes back. And the story and the, the, the end part of, of the story is actually my, the, the most favorite part of the story because he comes back and his dad is so thankful that he came back that he throws him this big party. Gives him brand new expensive clothes. And he's just blown away. He can't believe that this is going on. But guys, guys, when you and I get lost, the father is just waiting for us to run home. He's just waiting for us to run home. That's what he wants. That's what he's waiting for. For you and I to run home and be embraced again by his love. And then again, live in the identity that he's given to us as a child of God. Man, there's a lot of us who struggle believing that that's who you are. And that's what you're about. But if you've come and you've received Christ and you've made him the the Lord of your life, that identity is automatically given to you. And here's the crazy, even bigger thought, that even if you're not, even if you've fallen away, even if you've never received that, he still calls you his kid. That identity never leaves us, regardless of where we are. But some of the things that I read there in Psalm 119, there's some things that cause us to have to live and be certain things in order to continue to feel like we know where we are. Because when you and I are living out the things that God calls us to live out, let me tell you this, guys, it's hard to get lost. It's hard to get lost. It's hard for you to get lost when you're in the places you're supposed to be, when you're doing the things you're supposed to be doing. It's just hard to get lost. But when we get off track and we begin to go our own ways, we find ourselves in that place all over again. The last one here. Why do I always feel scared? Any scared people in here? I'm a scared person. I'm a, I'm a recovering scared person. I am. If you've been here long enough, you've heard me share that before. I'm, I'm a person who used to live in fear. I'm a person who, who fear was a big deal. And, and part of it is because I lived in a, I lived in a, I grew up in a place where fear was always instilled into my life. There's currently a movie out right now. 
There's not enough Hispanic people in here, so this won't go very far. But there is this woman that was always talked about in my younger days. La Llorona. El Cucuy. Those were names that were dropped and still continue to be dropped in so many Hispanic homes because they're coming to get you. And there's a bunch of other ones too. I had enough stories told to me of things that happened in this and had to do with those people. And And I thought, that's the dumbest movie you could ever name because you ain't gonna get no one to go to that. Especially in Texas where there's a high population of Hispanic people, they ain't going. They're so scared of La Llorona, they ain't gonna even be around that. But why do I always feel scared? Why do I always feel like someone who's full of fear? Because somewhere along the lines, guys, we've allowed fear to come into our lives. That's what the Bible says about fears. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41.10. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Psalm 56.3. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7. Fear arises when we forget who the Father is. Guys, when you and I walk away and we remove ourselves back and similar to the other point, when you and I remove ourselves, that's when fear arises. When we forget who our dad is, when we forget our identity, we allow fear to come back in and begin to rule us. Fear immediately goes away when we remember who the Father is. We just saw here that When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I am afraid, guys, when fear comes into my life or is trying to come into my life, those are the moments when I press into the Father even more. And I was somebody who used to allow fear to come and creep into my life. I used to allow it to come and own me. And then I began, one day I did um, a study and I I just, I, I got into the, I got into the word and I looked up every single scripture that had to do with fear and I, and I handwrote them and I, wrote, and, I, and I kept them in my Bible and all the time I would grab them and I would look at them and I would read 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 them over and over and over and as I read them, I began to believe them and as I began to believe them, I began to use them. So I became somebody and I continue to walk as somebody who doesn't allow fear to be a part of his life. Fear is a liar. There's a song on, the ra- on, on Christian radio that says fear is a liar. And I'm gonna be honest with you. When I first heard the song, I, I did not know that's what they were saying. I thought he was saying something else. And if you know me and music, I just don't get it most of the time. I sing stuff all the time, and my wife goes, that's not what it says. <laughs> but I'm getting it. I'm in it. I'm going after it. And I remember hearing this song and going, man, that's a cool song. And then I found out what it said. Fear is a liar. 
And guys, you and I are stuck in so many lies. You and I have allowed so many lies to come into our lives that we've now been trapped by fear. We've allowed fear to trap us because of the lies that have been spoken over us. The lie that says you're not good enough, right? The lie that says you'll never amount to anything. The lie that says you're ugly. The lie that says you're messed up. The lie that says that uh, you've done it wrong so you'll never be able to get it right. And there's so many more lies that just go on and on that you and I have come to places where we just allowed them to rule our lives. And I want to make sure that you hear this this morning and that you understand that, that those are absolute lies. Those are lies, guys. You want to know why I know they're lies? Because again, this book tells me so many different things about myself of what God thinks about me and what he thinks about you. He says that I'm the next best thing to wheat bread. Some of you like white, I like wheat. He knows how many hairs are on my head. He knows mine better than yours. Less to count. But he knows that. He knows that. Who do you know? Who do you know that knows how many hairs are on your head? Anybody? Let's be honest right now. I want want some truth here. Has anybody ever tried to count how many hairs they have on their head? Don't lie. I, I, I saw your hand up there. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. I appreciate that. Adventurous little girl back there. Because as soon as you get past 10, that's as far as you get. Because you get lost. Did I count that one? Oh, forget it. But God knows. He knows that. He knows how you were created. He, he knows how you were formed. Jeremiah 29 says that he has a plan and a purpose for us. That he formed us. And he knew what he was going to do with you before you came out of the womb. How good is that, guys? How good that even before you came out into this disgusting world, he had a plan for you. And he knew exactly what he was going to do with you. And he still knows what he's going to do with you. Even if you've taken another path, even if you've gone a different way, even if lies have consumed you, he still has that purpose and plan for you. Because fear flees when we are filled with truth. Guys, it goes away. Fear removes itself. Fear has to go when you and I speak truth to it. Fear is one of the biggest weapons the enemy tries to use against us. And if you don't believe there's an adversary, if you don't believe there's an enemy, if you don't believe there's a guy rolling around by the name of Satan, the devil, his lies have won in you. Because he's very real. He's very alive. And he's trying whatever he can do to lie to you to make you step further away from God. 
That's what he's trying to do on an ongoing basis. That's what he's trying to do so you and I won't experience the things that God has for us. We won't live in the things that God has for us. And he's trying on an ongoing basis to cause us to believe the lies that are being spoken. But when you and I begin to remember these and remember so many more that he has. We begin to walk in the authority. We begin to walk in the power. We begin to walk in everything that God has for us and then we can't be stopped. Nothing can stop us. Nothing. So if you're tired of feeling the way that you're feeling, guys, you gotta get into this book. And you got to begin to practice the things that it says. You got to begin to believe the things that this says. You have to begin to allow yourself to be transformed into who God wants you to be. I'm going to close by saying this. And Chris, if you could come up, I'd appreciate that. When Jesus left this earth, he said he was going to give us a counselor. He said he was going to give us something that would continue to bear witness to the truth. And it refers to it as the Holy Spirit. The third piece of the Trinity with God. And he said he was going to give that to us so you and I would be empowered. So you and I would know and still recognize the presence of God. And today in the culture and in the world we live in as Christians, guys, we've become less and less people that are filled with the Spirit. We've become less and less filled with the Spirit. Because we don't live in it. We don't practice it. We don't continually be filled with it. We've allowed for it to go. And for us to be people to to stop feeling the way we feel and and want the questions to the want the answers to the questions all the time. It causes us to be people that are constantly filled with his spirit. Anytime that I've seen people come to that place, I always begin to recognize this transformation that begins to happen in their lives. I begin to see that they want nothing to do with who they were and want everything to be with who they're becoming. Because that's what the Spirit does. That's what He begins to do. He begins to bear witness in us of the truth of who the Father is and of who His Son is. And we begin to bear this witness that now empowers us to go forward and take on and do anything that is before us. But when we're not empowered, when we're not filled, when we're not walking by that Spirit, guys, you'll feel scared. You'll feel lost and you'll be, just feel alone. 
so I think there's a call. There, there's, a, there, there, there's a moving that the Lord is trying to do in his church in these days. And that is that he's trying to make us people, guys. He's trying to make us people who are constantly coming back to him, wanting to be filled by him, wanting to be empowered by him, and wanting to be intimate in his love with him. And the question is, are we willing to do it? Are we willing to go there? Are we willing to become that? Are we willing to raise the standard of where we currently are? Are we, are we willing to live at a place that we have never lived? Are we willing to make that happen? Are we willing to make those changes? Are we willing to believe who we are and what he says we are? Are we willing Man, our world is longing for those kinds of people. Our world is longing for people that are kingdom-minded. Tell them I'm busy right now. Our world is waiting for the representation of the church to come in all its glory again. I got to be part of a podcast this past weekend, and, and the question was, one of the questions that we were asked and one of the questions that, that we were, uh, had to answer was this, why are so many people leaving the church? Why are so many people not interested in coming to church anymore? And this is my answer. My answer is because the church has become something that is not showing the power and the authority of Jesus anymore. The church is trying to become a how can you become better place instead of how can you become more like Christ place. And that's why. Because everyone's figured out who they are and what they can do and they know they can't do it. But what they haven't figured out is who Christ is and what he's done and what you can do through him. And that is what the church is longing for. That is what the world is longing for. That is what the Lord is calling for in these days. For us to become people that are full of his spirit, that are full of his word. That'll give us the ability and the capability of loving people the way he loves us. Do you really get that? Do you understand that the only thing he's asking you to do in these days, and more important, is to love him and to love people? That's it. That's it. That's what he's asking for. That you would become someone who's loving him and loving people period. Done. Done. We're going to end with a song and I want to pray for us and we're going to have some people in the back there that, that want to pray with you as well. And this this morning, if you've come in here and maybe maybe some of the message was directly to you and you said, man, I... I, I fall into a lot of that category and I need prayer. There's people back there that want to pray with you and they're going to pray with you. 
Or maybe you've walked in here with something else. Maybe it's an ailment. Maybe you're sick. Maybe something's going on that's just bigger than you and, and, and you need the Father today. You need Him. You need to see Him and come alongside of Him. They're going to pray with you. They're going to agree with you. They're going to cry out on your behalf. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you've given us an answer for everything, God. You've given us a book. You've given us a manual. You've given us a love letter that speaks to exactly who you are and what you want us to be. And I pray that, Lord, we would stop feeling, we would stop living in our feelings and live in the truth. That we'd be people who live in the truth, Lord, the truth of who you are and the truth of who you say we are. That we would rely on your wisdom, God. We would rely on your knowledge. Not what this world is trying to feed us, not what this world is trying to give us. But we would become people that learn and understand our identity in you. Our identity in you, and that's your kids. That we would remember, God, that we would just bury that in our hearts. That we're your kids. You're our dad. So, Lord, all the lies, all the things that have taken place, all of the things that have caused us to to think differently, to believe differently, Lord, I'm asking that your Holy Spirit would come this morning and invade those dark places. They would invade those dark places this morning and bring your light, God. Bring your joy. Bring your peace this morning, God. Bring the feelings that we've really been looking for. Lord, I'm speaking to that person this morning who who, who hasn't had joy. Who hasn't had joy, God. Release joy over them this morning, God. Release joy over them this morning, God. For those that are in here this morning and, and, and they, they don't know what peace is anymore, God, I pray that you would release peace over them right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. Release peace over them. Release peace. Lord, thank you for doing that. Thank you for meeting your kids right where they're at. Lord, thank you. Lord, we love you and we're going to continue to worship you this, this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to speak and move and do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.